In Alice in Wonderland, Lewis Carroll created an epic female character. I've always loved her, and I admire that through her misadventures, she recognizes that very few things are really impossible. Hello, and welcome to Six Impossible Things. I am your host, Matt Collage, and I'd like to introduce you to my humble approach to understanding your creative potential. Every Tuesday, I will share with you thoughts, strategies, and a few anecdotes from my own experience as a creative. We will tread on the heels of Alice into a world of ingenuity and imagination. I hope you'll find inspiration to be creative in your own unique way. It will be a boost to your life in many different aspects, not only in art making. So there's always room at the table. Let's put the kettle on and get this party started. Hello and welcome back to Six Impossible Things. Today's episode starts with a question. Who stole the tarts? Let's see where such an unusual subject takes us. Shall we proceed? The most obvious and literal answer is that the knave of hearts stole the tarts. What a rascal! All we know from the book is that he took those tarts quite away and that the tarts, clearly delicious and tempting, were made by the Queen of Hearts. Who knew she had time left between execution attempts? Hidden depths to this character? She can command extreme fear, and she can bake. But if we give this assertion a second look, what do we find? Let's apply the idea to artistic expression and creativity, and we can have some fun. If we start with the premise that in art everything has already been done, then we must accept that we are all without exception emulating the knave of hearts and we're stealing from each other. If this sounds a bit harsh to you, let's settle on the word borrow. I'm really fine with both, and I will tell you why. First, a bit of nuance or a disclaimer, if you wish. I'm not advocating for museum theft here. Museums are my happy place. Some people love the beach or dream of an isolated mountaintop. I dream of museums, ideally housed in historic buildings. The kind of museum that envelops you with the smell of old canvases and gilded frames. Places where you can wander around in amazement, contemplating the most splendid of artistic achievements. They never fail to leave me speechless, and I enjoy that kind of time travel immensely. Instead, I am talking about the inevitable overlap of creative ideas that takes place since time immemorial. Borrowing from other artists is not a new concept, let's be real. It has always been around. The problem is that we have become more litigious and more offended at a practice that I would argue is an intrinsic part of the creative process, an inevitable part. 
If we abide by the idea that imitation is the most sincere form of flattery, as my beloved Oscar Wilde said, where does honest admiration end and stealing start? You'll find that in this dispute, there are two well-defined camps. Those who see themselves as such trailblazers and peerless artists that they object to the mere suggestion of imitation, and then those who accept that cross-pollination among people in the same profession will inevitably take place. The first ones exhibit a somewhat rigid belief that everyone should stay in his or her artistic lane and that their paths should never cross. They also tend to show a high degree of self-confidence in their own uniqueness and like to lecture about the terribly offensive and, dare I say, vulgar habits of lesser artists in regards to originality. I feel that the situation is never so black and white. They would like us to believe that it is, but it isn't. I also think that there are certain rules to this game that should be known to all involved, but I certainly disagree with this practice of punching down and trying to denigrate other artists who work in a similar manner to us. Collage is, like many other disciplines, fertile ground for duplication and styles go in and out of fashion all the time anyway. Art is not immune to trends after all. And a trend, by definition, requires that the final products share some characteristics that are found to be pleasing. So it follows that several artists can have at any given moment, some work that looks quite similar in scope and style. Nothing surprising there and absolutely nothing unlawful. We can extrapolate this idea and ask ourselves a few questions. You decide what your chosen answer will be, but I will just tell you what I think. How many ways are there to make a bowl or teapot? Are ceramists stealing because the basic attributes of these items have not changed in centuries? What makes their specific work unique or different? And in the fashion industry, for instance, every spring and fall, we see new collections with, well, more or less groundbreaking takes on garments such as dresses or trousers. Are these new takes, these versions, a completely new, never-seen creation? I can't help but thinking that people who are very inflexible in their definition of originality just lack the proper references. They are maybe ignorant of what came before this point. If they were not, they would be able to follow the crumbs one by one and they would realize that they lead them to the apparently new artistic idea they themselves propose. So first and foremost, I say embrace the notion that you are part of a tradition. As an artist, 
you are a part of a long line of creatives and each one made his or her mark as a way of opening a door for you to continue your journey. It's good to look back now and then. Look back and learn. I love reading about art history. It's a never-ending source of inspiration and knowledge. And additionally, it regularly provides you with an extra helping of humble pie, and I find that useful. Now put emphasis on what you love. It seems simple, right? But there are so many things calling for your attention simultaneously. You need to be selective. Find what really pulls at your heartstrings, and eventually you'll find your niche. Once again, as I often say, this is a process that requires honesty and patience. So be prepared for the long haul. It will take some time. So be ready. Humility is a good advisor. If you read about a favorite artist of yours, presumably an artist of great distinction, you will find that the inception of their work was either a rebuttal or the assimilation of a preceding artistic idea. It's an example of the pendulum effect. You either push in the same direction and take an existing trend or style to its limits, or you push against it all the way to the opposite side and embody all the opposing attributes. I am sure the more you read about famous artists or movements, the more this notion will become clear in your mind. So have some humility and work in your chosen direction. That's all. Don't worry about what other people say. Now, start working in earnest. Practice makes, well, not perfect, but practice makes for amazing revelations. You'll never find your way if you don't practice. You'll be stuck. Of course, don't plagiarize in the early stages because that is not the same thing at all. Don't give someone else's speech as if it was yours and then pass the hat around to collect the accolades. That is all shades of wrong. Develop instead your ideas through effort. Filter them through your own experience and you'll be getting much more deserved appreciation. In a way, unless you are shameless in your reproduction of another artist's work, any effort to copy will yield your own version of that work. It's inevitable. It'll be you. And the fact that you try to take a shortcut will be embarrassingly noticeable. So don't do it. Instead, outdo the original if you can. There's dignity in trying, even if you don't succeed. Who knows? You might end up with a masterpiece of your own. Finally, be kind, particularly if you are fortunate and you are doing well. If you have the respect you always craved and even the financial security you wanted, do not lay down roadblocks in anyone's path. You are not the queen of hearts. 
There's no need to keep a death grip on success while beating everyone else into submission. There's room for everyone. Be generous and help out, perhaps even mentor another artist. I bet anything, anyway, that you didn't get where you are all by yourself. People, family or friends, colleagues helped you, and maybe you even had a lucky break. Why not spread a bit of sunshine? Encourage rather than hinder. Support rather than disparage. And a brief word on copyright matters. I get asked often, but I am no lawyer, first of all, or copyright guru, so take it with a pinch of salt. I always say, check the law in your state or your country. It is always a complex issue and it's good to be informed. I do know, though, that an idea, for instance, is not subject to copyright. You can copyright a fixed work of art that is the result of a creative process, something that originated with you. And that can mean a borrowed image that has substantially been changed in context and purpose. If the messaging for that image has completely been transformed, the usage is considered to be appropriate. Of course, there are gray areas depending on how much of the image you use or where the image came from. I would say don't be underhanded and act in good faith. Follow the general guidelines for fair use and take into consideration, really take to heart the impact on the economic value of the original. In one word, if you are not selling and profiting from somebody else's creativity and hard work by merely duplicating their artwork, you're doing just fine. So the knave of hearts should have made his own tarts and should have left the queen's tarts alone. There's no gray area there. He could have asked for the recipe instead and maybe even better, he could have tried to create a new and improved recipe inspired by these scrumptious original tarts. You get my drift. Maybe he was suffering from imposter syndrome and did not have the confidence to create a new. Maybe he was afraid of poor reviews or slow sales. Well, if you share his fears, Disconnect for a minute and look beyond your field. Look up at the horizon. If you paint, go outside and take a bird watching. If you collage, health permitting, take up swing dancing. If you write, learn to swim. It's called going hybrid and it will always yield new and unexpected connections. Isn't that? what all creatives are searching for anyway. Join me next time for a lively conversation with artist Catherine McClellan. She will introduce us to a new discipline we have yet to discuss. Who knows, it might be exactly what you're looking for. And she is so passionate and compelling that you'll be ready to try your hand at it right after the episode. I will not spoil the surprise by saying any more today, but I promise you it'll be quite appealing. 
I hope to see you then. Have a little tea and a tasty tart, hopefully not a stolen one, and I will see you Tuesday. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Six Impossible Things. I hope you enjoyed it. Please join me again next week. Subscribe on your favorite app so you don't miss any episodes. And visit madcollage.com for original artwork, exclusive prints, and monthly offers. For extra goodies, please visit my Redbubble store and select your favorite merchandise. You can also help make Six Impossible Things possible with a small contribution so that I can enjoy a lovely cup of tea while I write and edit this content. Have a peaceful and creative week. Take care.